Well, hello and welcome back to the Novelty Podcast. I'm Sadie. And I'm Mar. And this is the podcast where we're reading books so that you don't have to, but you get all the perks of sounding smart and well-read. Come on. (laughs) And this week, we are reading a juicy book. A steamy book. A steamy book. (laughs) One might even say naughty book. (gasps) An R-rated book? No. Not R-rated. Um, who Kids chose this? Kids, your ears. No, <laughs> who chose this book? Oh. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I think it was Joel. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it, it was, was me. not us. Someone, it was not us at all. No, this book is very good. It's very interesting. It's called My Last Innocent Year. Mm. It's by Daisy Alpert Florin. So this book actually was released just this February. And came out really recently. It's her debut novel, I found out. So she's oh, never wow. written a book before this. <gasps> but she has all of these published pieces online. Oh, okay, cool. So she's written tons of articles. And she had, like, a really beautiful piece for, like, about mothers and daughters. Um, and then this is her very first book she's ever written. I think, like, how lucky it is that this is your first book and, like, it's done so well. Yes, it's done really well. And it... I don't know. The cover of it is really pretty. I read it on my Kindle, and I know mm-hmm. you listened to it. But the cover, I was like, "Ooh, I kind of want to own this." Yeah, I know, gorgeous. Like, let me put it up on a frame. Yes, <laughs> but um, yeah. So Daisy Albert, she or Daisy Albert Florin, excuse me. She actually lives in Connecticut with her husband and three kids, which I thought was very interesting because that kind of uh, is symbolic of the story, or it kind of fits the setting of the story. Yeah, it's like set in the East Coast in a New England college, mm-hmm. like. It kind of... It won't talk like this. Okay. You're fired. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) If you're from New England... We apologize. I apologize. And she recognizes that that is not how you speak. (laughs) Yeah, my bad. (laughs) (laughs) No, so the book is... I want to know your first impressions. Mm. Why you... I mean, not you. Why this book was picked. Oh. um, Um, (laughs) (laughs) She's putting me on my last. Why? No, I love this book. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, shouldn't know. I don't know if it's going to be okay that I said I loved it. But we loved it. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, yeah. So my first impression. Yeah. I would have to sigh. So I did pick this book. Um, you're welcome. I picked this book <laughs> and <laughs> I was just scrolling through the books app on um, my phone. And I was just like, oh, I'm just reading through some things. And this one just caught my attention. Not because even though I was reading it, I didn't agree with anything it was saying because right. it was not good stuff. OK. And I, but I was like, but I want to know what happened. Yes. Like are you just one of those books where you just read the description. You're like, I need to read this because if I don't know what knows, like what happens, I'm going to lose it. So that that's why I picked it. So I thought it was going to be juicy. I am going to be honest. Okay. OK. I liked the book, but there were moments where I'm like, I just feel like this could be giving more. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like what like focus more like guys this book talks about a girl in college okay she has an affair she has an affair with her english professor who is a married man married man which actually i was telling my husband about it and he had a question he was like well is it do you describe it as like she had an affair? I was just gonna ask that or is it that he had he had an affair i think it's he had an affair i think they had an affair because I think if you recognize... You can only have an affair, though, if you're married to someone as well. Well, I don't she's know. She's just dating a married man. She's just, she's just going for a married man. Well, I think it's like if you... If she you're, said, I need good grades. <laughs> <laughs> she says, I need to get that degree. So I'm going to give you that D. Okay. You're <laughs> fine. <laughs> you're fine. D's get degrees, okay. y'all. Okay. <laughs> ah, okay so we need sorry. to turn these mics off. We're done. 
Uh, guys, and guess what? Guess when we're recording? Not in the morning. We're recording at night. At night. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. Next and time, guys, you guys got to have to guess. Are yeah, we? you have to guess by our intonation and by our lack of filter <laughs> if we're recording in the morning or at night. Um, no, she... I think it's an affair regardless if you are in a if you are engaging in any kind mm. of relationship with someone that is legally you're committed the to another woman. person. You're a mistress. You're a mistress. Right. But, but you are having an you're affair. You're having an affair. Interesting. See, I personally wouldn't say that. I don't recommend affairs, by the way. <laughs> we don't condone. <laughs> we do this. not condone. Okay, we're that. just discussing the content. I personally think the person that is not married would not be the one having an affair. Because if I said, Oh, I'm having an affair, I think that would mean that I'm I'm doing two people at once. <laughs> but she can't oh doing. <laughs> I meant like dating. <laughs> dating two people at once. But she can't say that. She's like to her, she's like, No, I'm just dating a married man. Because she's not technically, she's doing something wrong, yes, but she's not hurting. Oh, oh she is. <laughs> Here's the thing. But you know what I mean? I do understand what you're saying. I think the context of this is very interesting because that is actually something I wanted to bring up is how it feels like they didn't talk so much about. We're just really getting into this already. Yo, but get into we, it. They didn't talk a lot about how the book never really addressed how their affair affected the wife. They never even really both of them talked well, too much about how it affected the wife. Like they, I feel like if you were dating a married man and seriously mm. involved with a married man, that would come up. She did mention one time. So her name is, the main character's name is Isabel. Isabel. And they call her Izzy. Izzy. And she starts dating her smoking hot English <laughs> teacher, a professor. Mr. Connolly. Because he's a con artist. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Connolly. And he's married to a very nice woman. A named very Roxanne. nice. A very. Okay. <laughs> I apologize for your ears so much right now. I just couldn't help myself. I'm you sorry. could help yourself. That was an intrusive thought. Yes, it was. And it got out. It got but out. it's okay. <laughs> no, and so she's a very, very smart woman, very yep. intelligent woman. She, Deserves better. Yes, she does. But also, interesting, she knows. She knows about this affair. And that also... I don't know how I feel about that. It's I like one of those days. Like, have you guys ever watched the Friends episode where Joey finds out that his dad is cheating on his mom? And so he calls him out on it. He's like, you got to tell my mom, right? You got to tell mom that you're cheating on her. And so then the mom comes and she's like, oh, Joey hits him upside the head. And she's like, why did you do that? She's like, everything was perfect. He was nicer to me. He was kinder to me because he was getting his needs met somewhere else. She would rather have a like a nice home. Where everything's getting around, she's getting her needs met as long as he's out there getting his... Like, that, maybe that's why she stayed. I think it also had to do with... They, they mentioned something financially. Like, he oh. wasn't publishing a lot of books oh, yeah. and she was doing super well. And so, mm. if they got drop a him. divorce... Drop him. Does not if matter. If you can drop it low okay. for somebody else. <laughs> you, you can, can drop, drop him, honey. Drop him. <laughs> She needed to listen to this podcast. Yeah. Honestly. Anyways, maybe we should back up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we should we should probably back up and give you guys a little bit of a, a little bit of an idea of what we're talking yes. about. So basically, this is the story of a girl named Isabel. It's about her last semester of her senior year at a New England college. Mm. So she's going to this school, and it basically just kind of encapsulates her last semester there and it's called my last year of innocence mm -hmm. because really it's a coming of age story so so much of this book is about how she has a lot of inexperience and naivety and like a lot of areas of her life so it's i think it primarily focuses on friendships yeah. and obviously relationships and then relationships with her parents mm -hmm. so it's kind of like her 
experiencing for the first time, like all of these realizations about adulthood and about how things aren't the way she thought they were. Yeah. And then you mentioned earlier, we were talking before the podcast of it does, uh, they, she kind of has these flashback moments where she's looking at this from being older. So she kind of is reflecting back on her moments with Professor Connolly and is like, oh, I thought that and I did that then because this is what I knew of men. Mm -hmm. Now I know that this is, you know, and she would kind of reflect back to you. So it almost had a sense of a memoir in that aspect. And actually when I figured out that she lives in Connecticut and she has kids and everything, I was like, oh, what if this, any part of this is based on her life? Listen, I was wondering the same thing. But do you know what? She seems happily married and I don't want to blow up her marriage. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> My bad. Literally, <laughs> she's probably going to get all those questions though. Yeah, probably. Is any of this based off of like her life? I feel like every author gets that question mm-hmm. though. Like, yeah. is there any realism in this? Yeah, there probably is. Yeah, but it's so it's just so interesting that it's about like the way she says the story. Like it's actually, she's probably telling it in present time, which is actually the future from what we're hearing. Mm-hmm. Cause she's like, yeah, how you said she's reflecting and telling us basically a story of that happened to her. But the writer does such a good job that it makes you feel like everything that you're reading is happening right now. Yes. And just snippets of her being like, Oh, but I don't do that anymore. And you're like, wait, what do you mean you don't do that anymore? You're doing it right now. Like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. It's very, very well written. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I really enjoyed it, but I think obviously what's hard to talk about this What's it's difficult to talk about this book in some regards because obviously neither of us condone the basic premise of this book. Yeah. Like the whole plot and premise of this book is that she has an affair or she engages in a relationship with a married man. So he's having the affair. She's having the affair. They're they're not in a good situation. Like neither of us condone that. That's not a healthy relationship. No, neither of us would ever promote that. And so I guess talking about this book, even in that sense, it's kind of like, well, we're just going to basically. Mm hmm use that as like our we have to talk about that as like how we're going to dissect the book so that is the plot point of this book also ladies the man will always choose the wife so if you are listening to this okay it does not matter how poor their relationship is do not be that woman to enter a relationship with someone that's married okay you will never be the chosen one. That's so good. And if he does choose you and he marries you, we'll just know that there, this is a pattern. Yep. And there will be more. You can try to be the exception to the rule, but just know you are trying to be the exception to the yeah. rule. Because if he's not willing to marry you, like you are you don't mean that much to him. And also, I just, I just feel like it's common sense of like, if you get even a whiff of a sense that a guy or someone you're interested in is still entangled up or yeah. anything with anybody else. No. Then you deserve better. Know no, your run worth. For the hills. Run you for say, the hills. You say you can come back to me mm. when you are Good clean and, and free of all that. Mm. Like, you're done. Actually, even if they were trying to engage with me and they were still entangled, I'd be like, no. And even if they got untangled, I'd be like, no. Because if what Confusing. happens if that's us? You're just going to do that to somebody else. Ooh, that's really interesting. Know yep. your worth, ladies. Yeah, there you go. Um, so basically, this book is, like we said, the story of Isabel and her experience in college. And she is a writer. She enjoys putting her pen to paper. And mm. she just really loves being in her thoughts and feels. And so when this new professor comes in, mm-hmm. Professor Connolly, he's taking over the this really coveted class that a lot of the seniors try to get into. And so initially, they're all kind of wary of him. And they're not sure if they are excited about him teaching mm. the class. But all the ladies do recognize he is easy on the eyes. Apparently, he is easy on the eyes. Apparently. And so they're kind he's of excited. He's <laughs> Is that all it takes? I don't if know, you're I'm pro- married. Have, yeah. you ever, have you ever watched um, 
what is it the indiana jones movies when he's like in the professor when he's as a professor yeah yeah and he's like at the front of the class yeah. and the girl like has the i love or kiss me on oh, her yeah. eyelids she closes them and he's like trying to speak and teach and he's like what are he's you like, doing what, what, yeah what's on that's what this reminded me of also i'm sometimes i'm gonna be honest men um sometimes it is the hair because sometimes y'all shave your head and I'm like, that is a different person right there. Here's the thing, though. Some people can really pull that off. Yes, some people can. But from speaking from experience, because I've shaved my head, it's not for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) It is not. I used to be bald. And it's like one of those things where like, yeah, I can say I used to be bald. But it's like, here's the thing. I thought it looked great. I also (sighs) think I love your hair now. Yeah. So different looks. Different faces. This one's so much better. (laughs) Hunter was like, I support you in that, but don't you ever do I again. love that. Honestly, good for him. And good for you. Trying something new. And now just rocking your hair. I love it. Yep. It looks Never so again. <laughs> but so, yeah, so they meet and I guess I, well, this is what's so funny is so they start, he, he ha- runs the class where they will write and then the students will write their pieces and then they review them publicly and criticize them in the class, like yes. in a healthy criticism. So basically every week a new student will, their work will be reviewed publicly in front of the class. Yeah. So they kind of have to sit quiet while all the students and Professor Connolly talk about their work. And the first one up is Isabel. Mm. And her piece of writing has a lot to do with like it's very, very loosely based on her family situation. Mm-hmm. So she has um, a dad named Abe and her mother, you find, has passed away from cancer. Mm-hmm. And they're a Jewish family. They live in the east side in New York. And he runs an appetizing store, Ooh, come on. which I thought was so fun. It's not a deli. It's an yeah. appetizing store, which they made that very specific. Um, but I think so they start reviewing her work. and. Professor Connolly is just enraptured mm-hmm. by her story. He's like, wow, this is a writer. And he, the way he's saying every, like he's finding all of these really impressive, poignant spots in her story. And she's even like, I wrote that. Yeah. I did that. Yeah. Like just feeling like amazing about it. So she kind of gets this idea that, okay, he is like, he likes my work and he mm-hmm. sees value in it and stuff. So they have a few little encounters over her work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Which he mentions the wife during this time. Where he'll be like, oh, yeah, well, my wife this and my wife that. Like, So it's like, I do think in the beginning, I wasn't sure if it was very obvious. It felt like it's very obvious that she thought that he was handsome. And she would like picture herself with him. And she like, would have these moments where she's like, I have to remember to ask him one day. And I was like, yeah. oh, she's premeditating this. She's, yeah, she was like wanting it. Like she had no remorse or even cared about the wife at all. Like she saw that wedding ring. She's like, can't see it. Like it's invisible. Can't see it. But yeah, so it's just, a, it, it seems like in the beginning that he was more interested he thought that she was a great writer. I thought that was genuine because at first I was like, well, is he just saying this so she could be another one of his girls? Like he just thought she was pretty and like doing this. But I do think he generally thought that she was a good writer and then things just kind of happened. But I'm not mm-hmm. sure if he like picked her to be one of the people. Yeah. Well, I, and I think it's kind of like this whole genius recognizes genius idea of like he really does like especially I feel like in the academic world in the literature world like people really when they're they're so excited when they feel like they've discovered mm. this new um way of writing or they they love the way people's minds work mm-hmm. and so I I definitely agree with you I think he saw that in her and so then they would have these conversations after class and mm-hmm. um in his office Ooh. 
which is... Which you got no business being in there. There's no need. I mean, I think about that all the time of like how many times I've ever gone to my professor's office, just the two of us, for office hours or even... It's just yeah. never even like that. And I feel like whenever they were, they were always like in the classroom, not yeah. their... Because in college, the offices are separate from the classrooms. It's not like they're just sitting there all day. So it's like, and whenever I had a meeting in college, it was always in the classroom because it's like kind of weird and inappropriate, I feel like. Well, and I think too- Unless you're a counselor. Yes. I think the thing about this school specifically is it does, the setting, I do like the college campus stories. Mm -hmm. I love it. it. It felt very, I don't know. I like the East Coast setting. And so it felt a very much a smaller college, like older buildings. Mm -hmm. So I think they kind of, it kind of has this almost like Hogwarts feel when yeah. they would go all up the stairs, like to his office and everything. Um, And so what's really funny about this is- you cannot remember oh. how this y'all started. Listen, tell him. I literally sometimes I'm an audiobook girl. Okay, we, we got two babies and a job, so sometimes we just need to listen throughout the day. Okay, sometimes I got the time to sit down and read it. But this one I decided to use the audiobook on, and tell me why. I I've listened through this three times. Okay, it's like seven hours and fifteen minutes. I have gone back because I would fall asleep right before I would find out. How Connolly and Isabella started the affair. And every single time I would fall asleep and every time I woke up, I was on the other side. So I, the only part I am missing from this book is how these two started their affair. Because I was like, why do I keep missing it? My brain just didn't want me to know. So Sadie's going to tell us all for the first time how their relationship started. Because I, I don't know. And that just cracks me up so much because I feel like that's the juiciest part. Like you read this book and you start getting, I, I'm not going to lie to you. You start getting the sense this is going to be a steamy book. It's, yeah. And so you're kind of like, huh, a little nervous. <laughs> you're nervous. You're like, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Yeah. You don't know when you're going to read it. And so I'm just, it cracks me up. But basically they started the affair. The whole thing began when they, all of the senior, all the class, class, what is it? Two, room 203. Yes. Yes. So that's Professor Conlon's class. They were all invited to a dinner party okay. that was thrown at the house of one of uh, Professor Connolly's colleagues, uh, Joanne and Tom. So they had this party and all the students are there. People are drinking. People are having a fun time. Things are getting a little crazy. And then she, uh, Isabel, gets a little overwhelmed. She decides she has an, a run-in with a student. So she decides to go get her coat. She, so she goes into the room and she's trying to find her coat. And so she's looking all around. The room's dark because it's like just a random room with the coats. Well, Professor Connolly comes in there. Uh -huh. And that's where he kisses her. For the first time. What? They're Wait, sitting on the bed. Wait, anything out. They're sitting they're on the bed. They're sitting on the bed. Why are they sitting on and the bed? Because she was, it, she was having a moment. She was crying about an interaction she had with, like, another student, Andy. Okay, okay. So there was this other, one of her friends, Andy, who's, they also had a, a fling for a second there. But it wasn't, it's not written about, really. It's mm -hmm. like, that was before the book kind of opening. But they're sitting there on the couch or on the bed and on all these different, like on all the coats. Mm -hmm. And he's talking to her and she's all upset about this interaction they had. And then after a little bit, he just kisses her. And then all of a sudden there's a super loud crash. So then they stop and then he opens the door and looks out and there's a something going on with the other professor, Tom. Mm -hmm. And so he goes, okay, I have to go. I'll figure this out. Come out after two minutes. Like, give me a second. So he leaves 
And then after a little bit, she follows him. And what? that was their first moment. Like, that's how it all began. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. So she's just sitting there crying. And like, there's no, like, she wasn't like hinting that she wanted to kiss or anything. He no, just I don't think her. so. I think it's like they were just, they could kind of sense that things were. Which act was this? I got to go back and listen to yeah. this part. Okay. Because <laughs> well, I was like, it was, it's a one piece I was missing. Right. It was the whole point of how it started. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. So after that, though. Then what was the next encounter? Because I feel like if that happened to me, I'd be like, well, I'm never going to so, talk about this again. Exactly. So she went to his class like the next time they had class and was just not sure. She's like, are we talking about this? Are we not? Is he mm. going to say this should never have happened? Is yeah. he going to say something about it? And so essentially at the end of class, Doesn't he, he say like, oh, can you stay back? for Yeah. A second? Yeah. Okay. He stays back. And then they talk about basically what happened and he tried to he was understanding are you on the same page or not they go up to his office they said look Kate, come with me to my office and then she recognizes so he kind of opens the door for the conversation about it this is where it's interesting this is where i think the title of my last year of innocence comes into play where she recognizes she has all the power of where this is going to go or not because she recognizes okay I get to decide if I wanted that to mean anything or no, because he's married. Mm -hmm. So she goes, I can decide because he was kind of leaving the door open, essentially. Yeah. Like whatever you're comfortable with or whatever you're down for. Which just also shows that like he did not care about her. No. He was like, if you want to, great. If not, I don't care. Right. So he left the door open and she basically decided, yeah, I want to do this. Because she was had the hots for him. And then that's just when everything else happened. Yeah. Are you that? Listen. Yeah. This is one of those moments where I'm like, to me, that was such a small moment. That I feel like it's such a pivotal moment in the book. I feel like it should have been bigger. But when you're reading it, Mar, I don't know how you would have fallen asleep because you're like, she's going to the party and he's going to be there. And this is probably, you know, it's like maybe 50, 70 pages in. So that's when you're like, they got the whole book is about this. So it's got to start somewhere. I know. And that's why I was like, every time I wake up, (laughs) I'd be like, why do I know the whole book besides this one thing? Like it, you really, have to go back and reread oh it. Oh my gosh! Yeah, but I do feel like that should have been bigger. Like they're just in a, like I feel like it should have been like about, he comes up behind her and he's like, I've been thinking about you. Oh, and then she's like, she's like, I don't know if we should do this. And he's like, No, what are we doing? It. She's so like, Mar, do it. So Mar, you wrote it in your head already. <laughs> I, I, I guess I just connected it to myself, but I'm slightly disappointed that it was just like a kiss. Well, I'm like we'll figure it out later. No, honestly though, because it's like you. When you're reading it, yeah. it there is a lot of buildup because they're at this party. They see each other. She's he's there with her husband. Mm. Like er, <gasps> yeah. he was there. He was with there with his wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like people are literally like you have to stop. But also, it's the funniest thing I've ever heard. No, honestly. So she was there, or he was there with his wife, and wow. she's there as a student, and it's just. The buildup was good, though, I feel like, for mm. what it was. But I get what you're saying, where it's yeah. just, like, a very simple, easy moment. Yeah. But, man. Yeah. I could imagine myself reading that. I would shut the book and be like, no way. You know when I wanted to shut the book? What? When they almost got caught. Oh. <gasps> so, ladies and gentlemen. So, we all know that she's getting it with Mr. Connolly, all this stuff. He's got good hair. Um, <laughs> so, she's hanging out in the office. This is kind of, like, a regular thing for her now. She comes and visits him. They sometimes meet outside the office stuff like that but they're trying to stay you know down low you know low key well she's laying there legs all up on him they doing 
They're they're they're, they're very clearly they're into it. <laughs> they're into it. And then what happens is another professor just barges in, just barges in. He's like, I need to talk to you. And so she like jumps up and like, it's so interesting to me because when she jumps up, which is like a natural reaction, I think is like, oh my gosh, someone like found us. Connolly was so, he was so calm. He even gestured for her to like, yeah, like just chill. He's, He's like, you're fine. Like, don't even worry about it. So she's just like, what? And she's like trying to put like her shoes back on. And Tom's just like, I really need to talk to you. Which Tom is another professor who is going through a divorce with a woman named Joanna. Joanna or Joanne? Joanne, I think. Joanne. So he's going through this kind of like hectic divorce and he needs to talk to Connolly right now. And he's Connolly's like, don't worry, Isabel is just leaving. Like he's so calm. And so she just she just gets up and leaves. <clears throat> and this is just kind of introducing they talk about Tom before, but this is kind of introducing like this next big part of like their relationship and who Connolly really is as a person. Because Tom, we've later find out, is talking to him about the fact that Joanne wants to take their daughter away from him and uh, he she wants to have full custody. And so he's basically like, he decides to basically kidnap his daughter. Yeah. And he's talking, so basically, anyways, he, this is what he's talking to Tom, up to Connolly about, just kind of confiding in him. And so later on, and we don't know much about it in that moment, but we just know like he's talking about his marriage and what he's going through. And then he go, uh, she ends up going to Tom because he was like kind of reviewing like papers that she was yeah, doing. Isabel, right? Isabel would go to Tom because he was her thesis uh, counselor. So mm-hmm. for her final thesis for college, he was her thesis advisor. So she'd go to him every week and he'd review pages and mm-hmm. work on that together. So the next time she goes, she's like, I just want to tell you like, Whatever you thought you saw, like you didn't see, like I'm like I was only in there, and he like cuts her off. He's like, "Listen, it's okay. I don't care. I don't need to know." He's like, "He's like, I would never betray like a, a confidant, basically." And so she's just like, "Oh, okay." Which to me, when I first read this, red flag, red flag, because I was also thinking like, "Oh, he does this all the time," to the point where he's like, "Oh, I don't care." It didn't even face him. And so I was just like, which we later find out is like, I think it has something to do with something else. But in that moment, I was like, girl, that's your first red flag. He does this all the time to the point where Tom was not even faced the fact that you were there. He was just Another like, okay. professor at the school mm. did not care that another professor was engaging in a relationship with a student. Yeah. Crazy. Which, okay, pause. Is that illegal? I don't think that's illegal. Are young. I don't think that's illegal. I think it's more of... Maybe certain colleges is probably frowned upon. Yeah, I, I could be mistaken, but I mean, like they're if both they're not adults. married, because like I've seen like stories like on Instagram and stuff where like, not me falling in love with my professor now we're married and we have babies. Well, yeah, but if you're like, both adults, yeah, then I don't see why it would be because a problem. like you would never. Oh, I mean, there's potentially there'd be um, bias or preference, yeah. so that would maybe be maybe it's like well, but they're it's not, not illegal. No, I'm sure it's not, but I'm sure um, my guess is it'd be while you are a while you're in their class, yeah. you probably can't be having a relationship because there'd be just a lot of bias potentialness. Yeah. Like, or, why is she getting all these A's? Yeah, Isabella. D's get degrees. D's get degrees. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's so funny. But yeah, so that kind of introduces Tom. Yeah. So it's really interesting because, like you said, this is actually a huge shift in their relationship because. Mm-hmm. Tom and his wife, they are other professors at the college. And so all the students kind of throughout the story are always discussing their relationship a little bit Mm -hmm. because you can kind of see them both crumbling. Like their offices, they start showing up less and they'll put notes and say, we were going to be out. Mm -hmm. We won't be here. Someone's subbing all this, all this stuff. And so they are a whole Tom and Roxanne, this 
this married or going through a divorce couple at the college, they're a topic of conversation. And so essentially. Tom and who? What? You said Roxanne. Oh, it's Tom, Tom and, and Joanne. Joanne. Sorry. Tom and Joanne are the professors that are married. Yes. Connelly and Roxanne are also professors that are yeah. married, but they are the ones that Connelly is the one having the affair. Yes. Yes. So essentially they are spiraling. Tom is spiraling really hard. Mm. And this is pretty evident for Isabel when he starts or when she starts to notice just some, I guess, some spikes in his temperament and yeah. his behaviors. He's very erratic and he gets super loud and mm-hmm. aggressive. And so she starts kind of realizing, OK, something's kind of going on here more than what meets the eye. And she noticed on his soon to be ex-wife, like. There were some bruises. And so she starts getting the idea that maybe something is very wrong in this relationship. And so it kind of all culminates. There's this end of the year party Mm -hmm. that they always throw. Mm -hmm. And so all of the students go to it. And essentially towards the end of the night, Tom loses it. Like Mm -hmm. he's in the kitchen with like a knife and he's bloody on his hand he cut himself and he's clearly inebriated and Mm. so it's just this like very public display of some unfortunate things that have been happening in their relationship like just them spiraling and him losing control and and so Connolly goes and like takes care of tom like he Connolly, you can tell like they're very close he goes and takes care of all the students leave and i feel like at that moment Isabel starts to get more of an idea of like, okay, they're really connected mm. and they're each other's person almost. Yeah. Like Tom and Connolly will like best friends. have each other's back. Yeah. And so then like you said, Tom essentially decides after that point, he is so worried that Joanne or Joanne, <laughs> Joanne will take his daughter away from him yeah. that he actually disappears with his daughter. Yep. And nobody knows where they are. And it's like a big talk of the thing where they're like, did you did you hear that he's missing? And it's on the news and police are looking for him and all these things. And like it ends up like towards the end of it, like for this is like a small detail, but they all decide to go skinny dipping. Right. And while they're <laughs> I forgot yeah, about they're that. skinny dipping in the lake, it's like a hoorah thing. Like it's something that they've all done throughout the school year. It's just like a way to end it, like wrap it up, I guess. And Andy is there with Isabel. And he's talking to him about Tom. He's like, do you think that they found him? Do you think like, you know, like, because like they're so worried about the daughter, like they don't know where he is. Like nobody can find Tom. And they're worried that like potentially Andy's like, well, I, you should talk to um, Connolly about it. And she's like, why would I talk to Connolly about it? Because at this point, she's still like trying to hide the fact that she is having an affair with this man. Right. She's like, well, why would I be the one to do that? And he was just like, basically, he just goes, Isabel, like we all know. And she's like, I don't know what you think you know. And he's like, no, stop. We all know. I'm not here to judge you, but everybody knows. Everybody's talking about it. Yeah. And so he was like, what if Tom is hurting his daughter? And he's, she's like, well, he would never do that. He's like, well, how do you know? And he's like, and what if Tom knows? And so basically. What if Connolly knows? Oh, yeah. Sorry. What if Connolly knows where Tom and his daughter are? And so basically it just kind of goes into the next scene, right? Where she's meeting Connolly. And like, you could you could describe that. Yeah. So essentially she the next time she sees Connolly, they're over at his house. Mm-hmm. His wife, Roxanne, is away for the weekend, so they're at his house. 
And she brings it up and like when they're in bed and they're talking, brings it up and he kind of was like, no, no, like he'll be fine. Mm -hmm. I hope we find him kind Mm -hmm. of whatever. She wakes up in the middle of the night because she like needs water, can't sleep, whatever, and goes around his house and is like poking around Mm -hmm. and like snooping and looking through things. And on his bookshelf, she finds like a book that's super the Bible. The Bible. Which kills me. Do I hate you know this. what? Hate that. And honestly, let's talk about it. <laughs> but no, honestly, wait a second. Why would you use a Bible? On top of that, I do like, I don't know if this woman is like a Christian or not. And if you guys don't know Sadie and I are Christians, we love the Lord. Um, but I do think that's one thing like in today's society where they really want to make like Christianity like a really bad thing or put like a bad light on it and I just feel like describing this man this man is not obviously a practicing Christian he he might believe in God but he ain't got a relationship with Jesus evident on how he is living life and so I it's just so interesting to me that like they chose the Bible of all things because like yes like she knew that like he believed in God and stuff like because she's got a religion and stuff but it's just so interesting that like she made this character so poor right and there's like but he's also a Christian because he's got the Bible. Well, and, like, and in I, here is like, you know, I, I don't wonder know. if that was even her intention, because obviously, like, so Isabel is Jewish. And that's a huge also plot of not a plot. That's a huge aspect of her character yeah. throughout the book is like her relationship with her um, parents. There's a there's a whole I would say like a good half or quarter of this book is also talking about her relationship mm-hmm. to her parents. Um, and so they talk a lot about like Jewish celebrations yep. and Jewish traditions. But so I wonder if what she was even doing with the Bible, if it had to do with because it wasn't used because it was so mm. hidden back behind yeah. all the books. Yeah. So maybe it was just the fact that it was a book that had not been used mm-hmm. a lot. But also, yeah, I just didn't like even if there is any literary symbolism to it, I hated it. I'm yeah. like, if there's any purpose to it being the Bible. Listen, y'all, that. we're all broken. We are all sinners, right? We all need Jesus. We are not perfect. There, I believe in restoration, right? He could have done this and then ask for forgiveness and he's fine. Like that, honestly, we believe in that. That's what Jesus says. But on top of that, it's just like, it just puts like a bad look, I guess, of like, that's everybody. And we all struggle with things, right? But I just, it just felt like a bad look that he like, so tell him what was in the- Yes. So in the Bible, at the very back of his bookshelf, was a picture Mm. of a student- Named Elizabeth. Named Elizabeth in front of- a cabin in mm-hmm. the woods and we know that this at this point is Connolly's cabin mm-hmm. and this student Elizabeth was really talked about because the prior year she had all these um, interactions she was always seen coming out of the counselor's office yeah. and then she mysteriously suddenly was carted off in an ambulance mm-hmm. uh, from the school and everyone didn't know what happened but everyone saw her like be taken away this way and so in that moment, Isabel realizes she's not the only student that Professor Connolly had been having a relationship with or had yeah. had a relationship with. She's this. literally at his cabin. Yep. And this wasn't something new. Or well, she's not at his cabin. She's at his house because remember someone. Well, yeah, by Elizabeth. Oh, yes. yes. Elizabeth yeah, is at because the cabin El- in the photo. Elizabeth is at his cabin. So she puts it together. She goes, I'm not. This is not the first time he's done yeah. this. And I'm not the only one. And I'm not the only one. And so she has a huge moment where that kind of wakes her up to even the things that Andy was telling her of like, he ask him if he knows where Tom is. They are so close. So she goes and wakes him up and she's waving the picture in his face and going, where is Tom? Basically, yeah. she's kind of showing him, I know that you have not been up front with mm-hmm. me. And so now I'm asking you again about Tom. Yeah. Like, do you know where he is? She's straight up like, is he at your cabin? Yep. 
Like, don't lie to me. Yep. And eventually he deals with the truth. Mm-hmm. He says, yeah, Tom and his daughter are hiding there and they just need space. They need time. They need to figure it out. Tom just needs to get it together. You know what's crazy, though, is that he hasn't actually been in contact no. with Tom. He just allowed Tom to go there. I, it seems like he did not realize or recognize, like, I guess how low Tom is to the fact that, like, I think it even surprised him that they still weren't back. Right. Because then he was like, no, like, I think he just needs more time, which later you'll find out what was happening. He didn't even know what was happening, which just kind of shows the judgment of this man's character. Right. You, you've got a child involved. You've got a woman who's being abused by her husband, nervous and scared for her child's safety. Right. And you're just thinking that, like, just because you're friends with this man, right, that he's who he says he is but it's he's already like he thought tom was such an upstanding like citizen it's like it gave me the vibes though of like bros stick together yeah that's what it gave me the vibes of of not friends that help support each other's character and make Mm. each other better it gave me the vibe of like i'll keep your secrets regardless as long as you keep mine yeah and that's not friendship or not good friendship yeah that's just like so. But to me, that was a pivotal moment. The fact that even the fact that he knew where they were. It's been weeks. People are looking for the this, this child. That's what they care about the most is the yeah. child. Weeks. And he's just sitting there like, couldn't tell you. Yep. Don't know where they're at. Yep. And so essentially, Isabel, he makes her swear and promise that he will not, that she will not reveal where Tom is and everything. Yeah. And she does. She promises to his face that yep. she won't. But then when does she decide? So so what happens is that she's like promising. She's like, he made me promise up and down that I wouldn't do this. And so she goes home and she's on the phone with her dad, Abe. And she goes, dad, like, I think I, I really messed up. I made a mistake. And he was just like, OK. And he's like, why don't you tell me about it? She's like, I can't tell you about it. And she's like, but I don't know what to do. And he goes, well, when this is me, this is what like I do. I don't know if there's a direct quote or anything. But basically, he just says he's like, First, I ask myself, is something I can live with? It's something that I can fix. And if it's not, I ask myself if it's something I can live with. And she's like, but what if it's something you can't live with? He's like, well, then I ask myself that first question again. Is it something that you can fix? And so she kind of sits on that for a little bit. And she later decides, she's like, I don't think it's something I can fix, but it's not something I can live with. And so she goes to a pay phone and she gives the police an anonymous tip so they don't know it's her but she tells them exactly where he is and it's on the news like they find her but then guess what happens so what had been happening was that they find the daughter in the cabin Mm. severely malnourished and in a sleeping bag in a sleeping bag and they didn't see tom anywhere and they ask her where did he go and she goes he went out to get water to get four wood sleeps, for the fire. Or, yeah, wood four sleeps ago. Yeah. So basically four days, this yeah. girl has been by herself. This no little food. girl. No food, no water, anything. So they're looking at everyone. They find Tom at the bottom of a ravine. Yes. Dead. And so they don't know if it was intentional or not. They hope not because obviously that would be hor- horrific for yeah. what it meant for the daughter. But essentially. Because she was about to die. She was going to die. And so Isabel realizes like. Though she betrayed the confidence of Connolly, and that was her whole moment of deciding, no, I'm going to, I'm never going to see this man again. I'm stopping this relationship. I'm telling what I know. I think that for her was a really big moment of her recognizing and and her kind of journey of maturing throughout this book of her realizing, like, I need to speak up and Mm -hmm. say the right thing. And I need to say the truth regardless. And so- yeah, it's, thanks to her, obviously they found the daughter and unfortunately like the like we said Tom had passed away. Yeah. Um but 
who knows what would have happened if she didn't. And so, exactly. yeah, so basically that's kind of where the... Well, st- <sighs> okay, this is the part, it's like, we're almost done, y'all. But the yeah. thing that like, kills me is that like, like Connolly is such a bad person for this. Yeah. He had no idea what was going on. He put a child's, like he should have been arrested, but for some reason he wasn't. He just lost his job at Wilder. And so then later on, it kind of goes back to present day. She ends up marrying a guy named Bo. And then she's like, but she says that she's never going to talk to Connolly again. And yet he sends her a book. And so she's kind of like always interacting with him, but he never interacts back with her. After yeah. So he sent her this part, this like piece of writing with nothing else to it. No letter, nothing. It yeah. was a piece of writing that he'd written. And so she, of course, being a writer, read into it and was like, am I supposed to be this character? Is he supposed to be this mm-hmm. character? And so he kind of put that bug in her ear yeah. to always to Basically, take a place I in her like mind. He, just, he just wanted her to always be thinking about it. Yeah. And so she, over the course of years, will send him all of these like pieces or her writing or she'll send him letters about what's going on in her life. And she's married with a child named Alice. Yes. And so eventually, so she's through the course of her life, sending him all of these like updates and writings and all these things. And eventually, and he's never responded. Eventually she gets a call from Roxanne (laughs) from Roxanne. (laughs) And she Roxanne tells her that Connolly died. Yeah. He passed away. And so she asks, you know, she figures out how, which is, um, basically the way Roxanne describes it is that he, you know, he was in an accident and his car ended up in the river. And then uh, Isabel looks it up and recognizes that Roxanne just didn't want to say that he killed himself because yeah. it finds out that he actually had a seatbelt on. He drove himself into the river. Um, so it's very sad that he ended his life that way. It seems like this man just did not. He was not a happy man. He was always trying to find something to fulfill, always always doing things for other people, but never working on himself. Like, But the thing that kills me about this book and the way it ended up, like, Isabel is not a good person either. I will not sit here and say that she was a good person, She that she grew, because she didn't grow. Because even when she's recognized that she was doing the wrong thing, she gets married, she has children, everything's going great. She ends up having an affair, multiple affairs with other married men at her child's school. And that's why her and Bo end up getting a divorce. But it's just like, so to me, I don't have sympathy for her. I just don't because I'm like, you never grew. You never learned. And you try to act like you did. Like she literally said in present tense, she's like, but I would never do this now. But she did. Right. Right. She was still doing it just with other people. Right. Well, and I think that's what's interesting, too. So it's like, like we said, the book always kind of has these reflections back onto how she thought then and how she would think about things now. Mm-hmm. So she'll like talk about some of her first interactions with Connolly and how she was just so dreamy eyed and she felt like what he was doing for her, like the kindness he showed her and all the sweet things he did for her, like no other man would do that. And she would talk about how she realizes, well, now I know that there's plenty of men that would do those yeah. things for you. Like I just thought at that point he was the only one. Mm-hmm. And so there's lots of moments where she does do reflecting, but then you're right. She kind of, she never really so in that way it almost reads like a memoir a little bit it almost reads like this is someone's real story yeah um but i guess yeah in that moment you're like well but you stopped reflecting then as you got to the point where you didn't want accountability and i think that's what's interesting is like yeah she didn't want she had all of these life experiences at school that she's learning quote unquote from and reflecting on, but then, yeah, when she gets to adulthood, yeah, and then when she's unhappy in her marriage or or whatever, she reverts back to. And I think I actually, 
I remember there being a, a line about like, I'm about how, to blow this thing up. Well, yeah, literally. Well, there's a line about how she says that Connolly like created her. Like yeah. Connolly was everything that she reverts back to is because of Connolly. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, that you can't. That's not taking responsibility yeah. for your own actions. She's like, well, I'm this way because I'm like, well, listen, if I don't know, this is another thing. How old was Connolly? I mean, he probably was in his 40s. Because she thought that he was like, she. he thought that Roxanne was old. But now she was that age when Roxanne's calling her about Connolly. And she's like, well, she's not that old at all. So she's 20. He was like 20 years older than her. So to me, I'm like, okay, you are young and you are naive. You are still impressionable, right? You should take, you know care of yourself but i do think he's like yes he like he was not good groomed you in a sense basically but at some point the moment that she's like i'm not going to talk to this man anymore should have been the moment where she's like i need to change and i need to let this not affect me because at the end of the day like we all go through traumatic things but who would we be if we allowed that to like be who we were right exactly and i think that's the whole point is that you can't control what happens to you in life a lot of times but you can control what you do about it and so for her like you did have control over if you once she recognized her emotions towards Connolly and realized he was a married man and once she the first time he kissed her it's like those are moments that you can learn from yeah and so yeah I think it's a really interesting book I think what was your kind of lasting impression what would you say to Isabel Mm. And then, yeah, rating one review. Okay. Wrap it up. Yeah. Basically, at the end of this book, I was like, okay, I think this is a good book. I definitely think it was a read that, like, I'm glad that I read. Um, I didn't condone, like, anything that was happening in it, obviously. But it was a good read. It was a good read. And I thought the author did a really great job. Um, what I would tell Isabel, though, is like, girl, know your worth. Okay. Also, wait, never mind. Let me not say that. But, like, know, <laughs> know your worth. Yeah. Okay? Because... At the end of the day, guys, no matter what it is that you're doing, or even if you're reading, hearing us talking and you or yourself are in an affair, because honestly, there's a big chance. That's a real thing that happens, right? Yeah. Wake up and know your worth and also recognize that that is not who you have to stay to be. You know, it's like you can recognize that you made a mistake and it's like now you need to work the rest of your life to make sure you don't make that mistake again. Like I'm a big believer that what you do is not who you are. And right. so it's like, but. If you do it enough, then I think it can morph your character, your personality and your moralism and who you are, you know? So it's like catch yourself. But like it's about know your worth. Like you are losing your life over a 40-year-old man who literally did not have himself together. Like you – I definitely think she wasted so much of her life. And so I just, just be like, don't do that. Yeah. But my rating though? Yeah. <laughs> I would give it a four out of five. Okay. I wow. did like it. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I would say to her, I guess, I think the whole interesting point of this book, there's so many, I think what I, we don't have time to talk about in this podcast that I wish readers could, uh, that I would say, go get this book and read about was her interactions with her parents Mm -hmm. and her family, because I think there was a huge aspect of how her parents' marriage also altered her view of what love is and what relationships could be and should be. And I think that played a huge part into how she accepted love or just assumed love looked like, I suppose. Mm. Um, And I do think when you have role models, that's really important. If you have good examples of what mature, healthy, like sacrificial love looks like, I do think you go into situations like this differently. Mm -hmm. 
But yeah, I guess I would say I wish, I, I guess if I was speaking to her in college, right? Because she had friends in college, yep. but none of them were, only Andy eventually was kind of trying to be, hold her accountable. Mm-hmm. But I would hold her accountable. I would ask her more questions, I yeah. guess, if in college when she's going through this because not she didn't tell any of her friends until pretty much it was over. Yeah. And then I guess telling She didn't tell Deborah until years later. Yeah, Deborah was one of her closest friends. Yeah. And I guess at the end of the book, right, she's like a married woman who is unhappily married or is cheating on her husband with her kids. I guess I would just ask her like what did you what are you learning mm. from your experiences? Because while I agree with you, what you do is not who you are. I think it is showing a reflection of what's going on inside you. Yeah. And so if you're acting these ways, I would just say, one, A, that's not best for you. Yep. Like you are, go- this is something you're going to regret. Like, and it also makes me think this title is almost inaccurate because I'm like, that was not your last year of innocence. Yeah. Because you're still being you're still naughty not now, man. A naughty woman. <laughs> a naughty you're woman. You're English, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. All the New Englanders I know. hate you. It's also sorry. New Hampshire and not like Brit- British. Ma'am. <laughs> I just wanted to clarify that so you knew. I didn't New know England. That. Okay. 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 Nobody come for me. No one. No one. No one come for me. Nobody come for me. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> It's just fun. That's yeah. So anyway, I think I really did though. I enjoyed the book. Obviously, the content was frustrating as someone who emphatically disagrees with mm. affairs yeah. and infidelity. Um, and so I think though the discussion about it was really interesting. I really was curious what your thoughts were on a lot of it. And there's so much more in this book. So I also think it was very, very, very well written for yeah. this girl's debut novel. Um, she's a really a, she's a great writer and yeah. I enjoyed the pacing. I like the plot a lot. So if you're feeling like a fun novel, Not um, a fun novel, a, f- a juicy novel. If you're feeling like a steamy, a steamy novel, ah! uh, but we also recommend 50 Shades of Grey. No, I'm, just <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've never read that book in my life, by the way. Yeah. Just to clarify that. No, neither have I. But I think, yeah, I would recommend this, I guess, in some sense, because I'd be mostly curious of people's opinions. Like, mm. I guess that's what I would say is an interesting. And it's just like a it's a great it's a great piece of writing. So yeah. I also feel like there's so much. I do think the writer. <gasps> would you ever do this, Sadie? What? If Have an affair? Were, no, no. If you were a oh. single woman. I, this is because I think some people might hear this and like if you're single in your college, I feel oh. like the mindset would be like, well, you're young. Live it up. You're you know what? Fair, like, would you, you know, I feel like that whole mentality in college. Yes, there's a whole mentality of like you're lo- you're young, you make mistakes and dumb, like whatever. It's just college. I just feel like that is so, so, so overrated. But I think mm-hmm. sometimes what's unfortunate is people, they have they act and then they learn like they yeah. have to go through like even people being told like alcohol is bad for you yeah. and it is stupid and it makes you do dumb things and you should not be drunk. People are still going to go to college yeah. and get drunk and They're then have to for learn themselves. for themselves. And while I think uh, cheating is extremely uh, it, that's I guess that's where on her perspective, she's just having this wild moment in college yeah. where she I mean I would never do this I think I'd be absolutely just one terrified of yes. finding out of hurting someone I just think it's in my character I would like I I'd be too there's no way I'd be disgusted 
Like not even like even if I like did make this mistake, right? It's like he's twenty years older than to me. Okay, ah, uh, we gotta end this. But basically, <laughs> I, always, I always just think it's weird when people who are younger like. Nah, it depends on you. Never mind. <laughs> I would be freaked out by the age gap. See, and I think the age gap. I I because person- when Malachi's twenty, my son. I would be 40. That person could be no, your literal child. No. And I think I think it really, really depends. I The more that I experience, the more I think age is super relative as far as mm-hmm. it has everything to do with your life experiences yep. and it has everything to do with your perspective on the world and what you've gone through. And that how be, you look. Right. And that be... Because <laughs> if he's a handsome 40-year-old, then maybe you think he looks like he's 20. But if he's got grays and stuff, you'd be but like, you know this what? You know what's unfortunate? Mm-hmm. Or there's a very big, I guess, stereotype of like the older, quote-unquote, silver fox. So I feel like oh, young yeah. girls Michael are... Scott. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Carell. No, <laughs> Michael Scott is not in that Scott category. For pots. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. We need to end this. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, honestly though, so I think there is a stereotype of like because quote, like men mature later. Yes. I think some younger girls who are maybe have had all these life experiences by wow. 25, they're drawn to those guys that are in the 40s that are more serious. They've gone through their party yeah. phase. They're ready to like focus up. But apparently, Mr. Connolly did not go through his party phase because he's still partying. Mm, he's still partying. He's hard. still partying hard with all these girls. Dang. So anyway, or Roxanne. Well, that was my last year of innocence i'm very curious to know what you would like us to read next and you know what you should do rate us five stars give us five stars because honestly it's the least you could do if you made it this far (laughs) like this this, that's for you more than it is for us you know that's for you to say i did that i listened to that whole podcast yes you did yeah you guys well we love you guys and we'll see you next week bye roxanne (laughs) 